Open your Bibles to Joshua chapter 4. As I shared Sunday, as we touched on some things here, I believe this chapter is fitting for us tonight in so many ways. As Joshua has now been exalted in the people's eyes because of what God did. Just as Moses was, God says, I'm going to do the same thing in the people's eyes. And understandably, that would be a, a important thing for Joshua, not for pride's sake, but because of who Moses was. And having to follow in the steps of a man like Moses would be an awkward thing to step into. It would be uneasy at best. And so as Joshua steps into this role, we see that he had been faithful and God takes faithfulness and blesses it. And he raises up Joshua from Moses' servant to now the leader of the nation of Israel. He appears to Joshua, speaks to him and says, don't be afraid, be of good courage. He repeats it four times in that first chapter. Gives Joshua instructions of what's going to be taking place. Prepares the people for what will happen in the last chapter. And now in chapter 4, we see what takes place after they cross the Jordan River. And let's read from verse 1. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan... The Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priest stood, and to carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and he said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, What do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua, and they carried them over with them to their camp, where they put them down. Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. God instructs Joshua. He instructed him to take these 12 men, one from each tribe. And now we see what he instructed them to do. It was to take stones from the middle of the Jordan where God had done something miraculous. So that they would remember and we see that this happens in Scripture a lot. God telling us to remember. God setting up things to remember. And for some reason, stones is a part of this a lot in the Old Testament, probably because there was a lot of rocks around. 
And so what are we going to do to set up a mormon? There's some rocks. Okay, let's set some rocks up. Remember when Jacob had a dream. He had a dream and he saw angels ascending and descending from heaven down to earth. And he woke up and he was shaken. And he thought, surely God is in this place and I didn't know it. And what did he do? He set up some stones. And then he poured oil on it. I know, that seems weird. Why would you do that? It was a sign of consecration. It was to separate this. And we see that that pouring on of oil would be done later on to the priest, the high priest, as a sign of God's spirit upon that person. And what Jacob was doing was anointing these rocks, saying that these rocks are not ordinary, that there's something special here. Not the rocks themselves, but what they represent. Now with Jacob, he had left his home, left his father. He knew God was with his father. God had blessed his grandfather, Abraham, had blessed his father, Isaac. But now he was off on his own. And it was surprising to him to find out that God was with him and not just with his father. And so he set up that memorial and he called the place Bethel, which means house of God. And we'll see that that place comes up often in the scripture. It was a, a, a spot that they remembered. This is where God revealed himself to our forefather, to Jacob. And he goes back to that place even later on in years past and, and did the same thing, anointed the rocks, remembered what had happened a long time ago, that God not only was with my father, but God made himself known to me. That idea of remembering is important. I want to take you to a few scriptures that I always find fascinating as we talk about remembering things. And one is going to be in Genesis chapter 50. And why remembering is so important to God and why it's supposed to be important to us. In Genesis chapter 50, starting at verse 24, okay. <laughs> I'm going to be the last one there. Okay. Genesis 50, starting at verse 24, verses 24 and 25. This is Joseph, as he's about to die, and it says in verse 24, Then Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die, but God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land to the land he promised, an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Joseph made his sons of Israel swear an oath and said, God will surely come to you, to your aid, and then you must carry my bones up from this place. Now this is while Joseph is in Egypt. As he has been there, as he has served there in Egypt, and as he's dying there, he, he says, you need to take an oath. Because God is going to come to your aid, and when he does come to your aid, 
You need to take my bones out of this place and take them to the place where God has promised. Go to Exodus chapter 13. We know the story of what's happened. The children of Israel are now being delivered from slavery from the nation of Israel. And in chapter 13, verse 19, we read that Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the sons of Israel swear an oath. He said, God will surely come to your aid and then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. So now Moses is fulfilling part of what Joseph had said. But it's not complete yet. Go to the end of Joshua. One last time. Joshua chapter 24. Joshua 24, verse 32. It reads, And Joseph's bones, which the Israelites had brought up from Egypt, were buried at Shechem in the tract of land that Jacob bought for a hundred pieces of silver from the sons of Hamar, the father of Shechem. This became an inheritance of Joseph's descendants. It's fulfilled at the end of Joshua, almost 400 years later. That's a long time to be dragging some bones around. <laughs> it's a long time, but the promise of God is remembered. And why was it such a big deal? What was so important about the bones of this man, Joseph? Well, you see, the promise that was given to his fathers was this land that Joshua has just entered into. And what they needed to understand is where they came from. They could not separate themselves from their heritage, from their lineage. God made a promise to Abraham. He continued that promise to Isaac. He continued that promise to Jacob. He continued that promise to Joseph. He continues that promise to you. And what God promised there, he is fulfilled. See, we are fulfilling what God has said would be done, carrying this man's bones from 400 years ago, bearing them and saying, God is true. Now that's a long time to be wondering, well, God promised Joseph that those bones would be buried. Uh, you know, 100 years into it, I guess not. I mean, we're in Egypt, we're slaves now. A lot of times we can call into question the promise of God, wondering, when are you going to fulfill your promise, God? When is it going to be completed? I've been waiting 100 years. I've been waiting 200 years. Of course, we haven't been waiting that long. We can't, but you understand that God does not forget. But we do. God remembers 400 years back. We forget four years back. And the idea of remembering what God has said is important because we need to understand that the truths and promises of God that he made 
for them apply to us. Now, tonight we're going to be partaking communion together. We're going to be doing something that Jesus told us to do. As often as you take this bread, as you drink this cup, do this in remembrance of me. Something that Jesus did some 2,000 years ago, we are remembering. Why? Because we cannot forget where we've come from and who we belong to. We belong to the Lord. His promise and his body was given, not just for them there, but it was given for us today as well. And as sure as those bones got buried in the promised land, the Lord is going to return for us. Gave his life for us. It is for sure. And we need to wrap our hearts around that. We need to remember. Those stones reminded them, today God did something miraculous. Remember. And we too need to remember these things. I want to go on and finish the chapter in Joshua. Joshua 4, starting at verse 10. Now the priests who carried the ark remained standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything the Lord had commanded Joshua was done by the people. Just as Moses had directed Joshua, the people hurried over. I love that. They hurried over. You would too if you're crossing a river and it was supposed to come back any time now. And as soon as all of them had crossed, the ark of the Lord and the priests came to the other side while the people watched. The men of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh crossed over, armed in front of the Israelites as Moses had directed them. About 40,000 armed for battle crossed over before the Lord to the plains of Jericho for war. Now, let's stop there because here God had just fulfilled a promise. They are now in the promised land, but who's the first ones who go? The ones who are ready for battle. A lot of times we come into this Christian life and we think, oh, good, I'm a Christian now. Everything's going to be easy. And you know, you better come prepared for battle. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, Ephesians 6 tells us, but against the principalities and power, spiritual wickedness in high places. Paul tells us we need to put on the armor of God. We need to be ready for the battle because this life is a battle. It, it's a, a war that's going on, and it's a spiritual battle. And we have to represent our Lord, and we have to be fighting for him, living for him. And sometimes life is just a battle. And so when they enter the promised land, it's the land of milk and honey, but who goes first? The ones who are ready for battle. Just as Moses told them, get ready, because as they cross this river, they go into Jericho, and we know what's happening next, Jericho big walls of Jericho. And so as they cross over the Jordan, God has done miraculously, but they don't put their guard down. They're ready for battle. As we move forward in this life and enjoy the blessings of God's salvation, the riches of his mercy, realize there's still a battle. It's not peaches and cream. It's not 
easy street, you're going to battle. You're going to battle the, the cares and the, the pressures of this world. You're going to battle illness, sickness. You're going to battle uh, monetary problems. You're going to battle children. Um, there are battles. And you have to be prepared for them. And so they cross over. In verse 14, it says, That day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel. Now, you have to remember this. Joshua's writing this, okay? I just think that's curious. <laughs> you know, how would you feel writing this about yourself? And, and Sam was exalted in the sight. It sounds weird, you know? It's like, <laughs> why is it there, though? It's there for a reason. Let's finish reading it. The Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they revered, revered him all the days of his life, just as they had revered Moses. There is that name again, Moses. You see, God had called Moses. God had anointed Moses. God had used Moses. And here comes Joshua. God made a promise to Joshua, I will exalt you. And Joshua is saying, God fulfilled what he was saying he was going to do. It wasn't that Joshua was saying, yeah, I was a big guy. I was tough in the eyes of the people. God fulfilled his promise just as he told him in chapter 1. That I will exalt you in the sight of the people just as I had Moses. And Joshua was saying, you know what, guys? God did it. Now, he didn't have to wait 400 years. He just had to wait a couple chapters. And it took place. And he was exalted in the eyes of the people. Why is that important? Because God had anointed him and called him to go into a place that was frightening for him to go into. And God said, don't be afraid. I am going to be with you. I will never forsake you. And Joshua is saying, he did it. What is God calling us to do? Where is he calling us to, to step into? What kind of life is he wanting us to do? Has God maybe moved on your heart to take a step and to live for him in such a way and you're thinking, I can't do that. That's bigger than I am. I'm not, I'm not capable to do this. What will people think? What are the fears? What are the insecurities? But if God has told you he's going to do that, he will secure it for you. He will establish it and he's the one who needs to do it. Now, if you're just doing it yourself, yeah, you're, you might be in for a fall. If you want to exalt yourself in the eyes of people, then you're probably going to be heading in for a big fall. But if God is moving you to do something, he will establish you and he will complete the work. Allow him to do that. It goes on and he says, verse 15, Then the Lord said to Joshua, Command the priests carrying the ark of the testimony to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priests, come up out of the Jordan. And the priests came up out of the river carrying the ark of the covenant of the Lord. No sooner had their feet set on the dry ground than the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and ran at flood stage as before. On the tenth day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern side of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their fathers, What do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground, for the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan just what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. 
He did this so that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Joshua gets across. Now they are camping at Gilgal. This is the first time that in the 400 years since they had gone into Egypt and been enslaved there that they are back into the promised land. They made their camp now at Gilgal. And this would be, we're going to read throughout Joshua, their home base. This is where they set up camp and they're going to be coming back to this place throughout this book because it's basically home base. As they are going throughout the land, they always come back to this place of Gilgal. And as they come back to this place of Gilgal, there's always those stones reminding them of what the Lord had done. Just like he had done at the Red Sea, he did it again here. He has done something amazing and you need to look and you need to remember. And I love how he says he did this so that the whole world would know that the Lord is powerful and that they would fear the Lord your God. That they would understand that he is really who he says he is, God. There, there's something that happens to a person when they encounter God. Something that's a little uneasy. Not only do you become aware of God, but you become aware of yourself. You become aware of how great God is and you become aware of how small you are. After all, he created the heavens that we are unable to imagine. We are aware of how holy God is and aware of how sinful we are. How strong he is and how weak we are. And it's an uneasy place to be, but it's a good place to be to understand how powerful he is and to have that understanding of him brings a healthy fear. Vincent in his word study talks about where Paul says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And he describes that fear as a, a healthy self-distrust and reliance on God. Happy is the man who fears always, the psalmist declares. That sounds like a contradiction to us. How can you be happy in fear if you understand who God is and recognize who you are? You will fear him and you will be happy. You will be blessed. And you see, what God did there in the Jordan was establish who he was so that everyone in the world would recognize him and fear him. What Jesus did, going to the cross and rising again on the third day, he did so that the whole world would understand who he was and would fear and reverence him. God is always postured to reach the world. And everything that he has done has been done because he loves us. God so loved the world that he gave. He loved the world back here as he crossed the Jordan just as much as he loved the world when he went to the cross. 
And as they had to go back to Gilgal time and time again, we need to go back to the cross time and time again. We need to remember. And what I want to do is, is take some time now and remember. I want to remember God's faithfulness to his people. I want to remember God's mercy to his people, to us. I want to remember God's goodness in giving himself for his people. We need to remember these things. They need to be a part of our lives. Why? Because we need to tell the world how powerful God is so that they too can understand and have that fear and reverence for him. And it has to begin with us. It has to begin with us. So we're going to have some time now where we're, we're going to continue worshiping. And we're also going to have a time of prayer. And, and what I want to do in our, our times of prayer is I want to focus some of our prayers. The first thing I want to do, we're going to sing a song and, and then we're going to pray and thank God for his faithfulness in our lives. Maybe there is an event or something that comes to mind where God has been faithful to you. Pray and thank him for his faithfulness. Remember how faithful he's been. So let's worship the Lord and then we'll pray together. Father, you are indeed great and you do great things still. Father, you have not only brought the children <coughs> from the wilderness to the promised land, Lord. You have led us from death to life, God. We have crossed a, a river that was beyond our ability to cross, Lord, but you have led us there, Lord. You have led us into the newness of life that comes only through your Son, Jesus. Father, you have restored us to yourself, Father, we are complete in you and you have begun a work and are continuing that work and will perfect that work in each of us. You are faithful to do as you have promised, Lord. And what took hundreds of years, Lord, may take years in our own life, but you will not give up on us, God. You will see us through, Father, if we will keep our eyes on you. And Lord, our, our prayer tonight is that we, through this time, Lord, would mark in our minds and remember who you are, what you have done, and what you are doing, that we would not take lightly, Father, the life you gave for us and what you've called us to, Lord. God, may it just be burned in our conscience. And Father, may we remember. Lord, bless everyone here, Lord. I pray that their time has been rich with you, and I pray that it would linger long after this place, Father, that you would continue to minister as we go home, as we lie down, Father, that you would permeate our thoughts, God, that your words would, would remind us and come to our remembrance over and over again, Father, that you would shake us and help us to be what you desire us to be. And Lord, I, I pray that you would gear us for battle. Father, that we would be ready for the fight that is ahead, Lord. Lord, that we would be armed with the helmet of salvation, Lord, with the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the Spirit, with, with the gospel of peace, Lord, with truth. 
girding us, God. Lord, we yield ourselves to you. Have your way among us. We love you, Jesus. We love you so much, Lord. And Lord, pray that love would spread to those around us. For it's in the name of you, your son, Jesus, Lord. We thank you. Amen. Amen.